The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 857. Well, the fine folks at Lucasfilm took a week off from production of Rebels, but they are right back at it with Imperial Super Commandos. It's episode 7 of season 3, and I'm here with a Rebels briefing for you. Punch it, Chewie. It's Rebel Rousing Fun for Everyday Jedi. Seven minutes a day, seven days a week. Join Alan Voivod for today's Star Wars 7x7 podcast. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and Imperial Super Commandos is sort of a standalone episode in one sense, and in another sense it is a sequel to an episode that happened in Season 2, this is Season 2, Episode 11, that would be The Protector of Conquered Dawn. So just to give you a quick bit of context and help put this episode in its proper place, in that older episode, the Rebels were looking for a new hyperspace route to Lothal, so that way they could dodge around the Empire, and they were considering going through the Conquered Dawn system. The Mandalorians had an outpost on the third moon of Conquered Dawn, and unfortunately it didn't go entirely as you would hope, or as anybody would have hoped. But ultimately the Rebels prevailed, and long story short, Fen Rao is now a prisoner of the Rebellion, and the Rebels are able to travel to Lethal using the Conquered Dawn system as part of their hyperspace route. Now, the issue with this new episode is that the base on Conquered Dawn, or the third moon of Conquered Dawn, has gone silent, and so they have to find out what the dealio is with it. So Sabine and Chopper and Ezra go along with Fen Rao, and, of course, Ezra takes his eyes off him for a moment, and that's when the trouble begins. Fen knocks them both out, but he actually doesn't, you know, try to eject their bodies into space or anything like that. He actually just lands on the moon, Conquered Dawn, presumably to go see what the scoop is before he does whatever he's going to do. And he's shocked to find that the base there has been utterly destroyed. But what's worse is that it's been shot up by Mandalorians serving the Empire. And I guess we're at a point, probably past the point, quite honestly, where I should be saying that we are in full spoiler mode on this episode. So if you have not seen this episode of Star Wars Rebels and you don't want it to be spoiled for you, then you will want to save the rest of this podcast for a later time. But if you want to continue down this path with me, then by all means, let's go. So it turns out that these Mandalorians who shot up the place who are serving the Empire, are led by a guy named Gar Saxon, who is from Clan Vizsla, which, of course, is the same clan that the Death Watch came from and the same clan that Sabine is from, actually. This guy, Gar, claims that he is the Imperial Viceroy of Mandalore, so it's definitely a different scenario from what we saw in the second season of Rebels, where they were getting some supplies from the Imperials, but they hadn't necessarily sided with the Imperials somehow. No, now we are full-on Mandalorians are working with the Empire in this particular instance. And they manage to capture Ezra, and Ezra gives some fantastically funny explanations for who he is while he's lying and stalling for time. He claims that he's part of Hondo Anaka's pirate gang. He claims that he is Lando Calrazine, and he's a smuggler and a pirate. Yeah, all sorts of funny stuff in this whole thing while he's stalling for time. 
but to keep the Mandalorians from shooting Chopper as a means of trying to get him to talk and spill any details about what his real plans are on the planet or any of his other comrades that might be with him. Ezra has to use the Force to keep pushing the blaster away so that way the shots miss Chopper. And, of course, that alerts the Mandalorians to the fact that they actually have a Jedi in their midst. Not too subtle, but, hey, what else was he going to do? So, meanwhile, Fenn, who has been griping about this whole situation all along, makes a deal with Sabine to help out in this situation. And, unfortunately, he double-crosses them and takes off with the Phantom too. But just as he's about to go into hyperspace, he has a crisis of conscience and comes back and comes to the rescue. So, tremendous action scene with all the jetpacks flying around that we saw back in the Season 3 trailer for Star Wars Rebels. And... There wasn't anything particularly magical about Sabine getting her jetpack. For some reason, I had been operating under the assumption that there was going to be some sort of ritualistic thing that happened, or there was going to be some particularly meaningful situation where she earned the jetpack somehow. I think that was how it was telegraphed. But really, she just pulled it off a Mandalorian warrior that she had proceeded to knock unconscious. And unfortunately, the thing gets shot just as she's about to fly into the back of the Phantom 2. So hopefully she'll be able to fix it and get back to flying again. But until then, we have Fenrau saying that, hey, it seems like you haven't forgotten your Mandalorian traditions after all, and I like what you're doing, and I think I'm going to join the Rebel Alliance anyway. You know, I wasn't going to, but I guess I'm going to. I think if you'll have me, I'll do it. So... This is what the episode comes down to. It's one big thing that leads to Fen changing his mind from being an unwilling prisoner, creating opportunity for the rebels to pass through his system, and it's you know one of those deals that he just had to make to actually saying, hey, you know, I guess I'm going to help you guys out after all, even though the odds are against us. So the real question is, can we take him at his word? Personally, I don't think so. I don't see how this guy decides that he is going to stick with the Rebellion and actually help them in the long run. I mean, maybe he'll help some short-run stuff, but I think ultimately he is about himself, he is about Mandalore, and there's no way that he's going to become integral to helping the Rebellion defeat the Empire. But I would love to know what your thoughts are on the subject, so please share them in the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. And that's going to do it for this Rebels briefing on Imperial Super Commandos. Obviously, the Imperial Super Commandos are those Mandalorian warriors referenced by the title. We are going to take another week off on this because Lucasfilm is taking another week off. And they are coming back with Iron Squadron on the 19th of November. And we will have our next Rebels briefing on the 21st of November. In the meantime, I've got a trivia question for you on the other side of the break. So stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Hey, welcome back. I've got your trivia question here for you, as well as yesterday's answer. The power that we are dealing with here is immeasurable. I couldn't agree with you more, Director Krennic. Last time I asked you who suffered more casualties at the hands of the Rathars, or at the tentacles of the Rathars, if you will, the Guavian Death Gang or Conja Club, and the answer is Conja Club. Today's question, 
who on screen reveals the true nature of Kylo Ren's relationship to Han Solo? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you execute Order 66, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful to you if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not the downfall of the Republic, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.